Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. I With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Yes, hello and welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. I'm Rob McKnight and you can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. I'm joined by criminologist, true crime author and the serial killer whisperer, Amanda Howard, who you can find at Amanda Howard 73 on Twitter. Amanda, did you know that was your Twitter address? No, um, thank you for reminding me. Uh, I think the last time I was on it was about mid last year. So, but I am there. Oh, it's the only place you'll find me. Forget Facebook, forget messages, forget uh, phone calls. You can always find me on Twitter. Okay, do you want to give them your handle again just so then all of our listeners know where to contact you again? <laughs> yeah, any complaints, uh, find at me at <laughs> Rob underscore McNutt. And speaking of complaints, uh, there's been a few people pick me up on the pronunciation of Shanan, Shanan, Shanoon. Um, I, I have a problem with pronunciations. You know, in my day, the name would have been Shannon or something like that, right? But now we have... Shanann. Now, I will get it wrong in this episode again, I can guarantee you that. So please, send all your complaints directly to your waste paper bin. (laughs) How about that? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it works well. (laughs) All right, we are talking about Chris Watts, so let's get into our continuation, part three of our mini-season on Chris Watts. Because this week we do continue our season on the Watts family murders. Chris Watts murdered his pregnant wife, Shanann, and their two young daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste, on August 13, 2018. Shanann was reported missing by friend Nicole, who was one of the last people to see her alive after she failed to respond to text messages. Nicole had gone to the family home and there was no response. She then rang Chris, who came home from work. She also called police, who were there when Chris arrived. This week, we start with the few press interviews Watts did while his wife and children were still missing. Now, we'll be using raw footage and not the neatly edited versions. That way, we can see how the interview unfolded. Amanda, this is a really good insight, I think, to be able to see how he was playing with the media. Spoiler alert, we know Chris Watts did this. Yes. So, I mean, it it does give us 2020 hindsight, but it is also important that we actually have access to things like this and watching the raw footage gives us so much more. As you said, it's, it's not just that, that nice and neat, you know, 
this is who he is and this is his plea. This is the, the stumbles. This is the moments he looks away and things that actually pull his focus away from what he's, he's doing. So I love doing raw interviews and uh, these are a good few that we've got here. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, it really is important if you're joining us for episode three, go back to episode one of this season because there is a lot to go through to see how this unfolded. And and we've really got something special with the body cam footage, which takes us through him trying to deflect questions regarding his missing wife and kids. All right. We begin with Denver 7's raw footage. Watts is asked his name before the reporter starts with their questions. Uh, Chris Watts, W-A-T-T-S. Wow. What, what's going on right now around your house? Right now it's got canine units, the sheriff's department. Everybody's like they're they're doing their best right now to figure out like if they can get a scent and see where they went. That's interesting, isn't it? That intense focus, it's like he's on, he's ready to profess his innocence in a way. Yeah, and what we have is that people believe that if, if you keep eye contact, that that means that you're telling the truth. But in fact, people who are telling the truth can sort of wander around with their eyes and everything because they don't need to remember and, and recall what they're saying. So the fact that he's sort of doing this intense stare, it's about him sort of saying, are you believing me? Do you believe what I'm saying? So it's yeah. about him reading the, the person who's talking to him. So it's very interesting that our perception that if you lie, you look away is actually incorrect. You know, I'd equate that to kids when they've told a lie and they're trying to convince you otherwise and you've sort of left the conversation. They'll come out and start, did you believe me? You don't believe me. You don't believe me. You know, like they're trying to (laughs) make sure you believe them when they know they've done the wrong thing. Robert, it sounds like that you're starting to profile your children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we may have had that happen over the last few days. (laughs) I thought as much, yeah. It's an occupational hazard, unfortunately, so uh, you're going to do it a lot more. (laughs) You have taught me well. Uh, Look, that intense staring continues until something pulls his focus. They went on foot, they went in a car, they went somewhere. And right now it's just like they've they've been on point. They're going through the house trying to get a scent and hopefully they can pick something up to where it's it's gonna lead to something. You know, it's interesting, not a lot of emotion here. His wife and two young daughters are missing. Having said that, we haven't got the fake tears, so that's one tick in his favour, but there just doesn't seem to be any emotion whatsoever. No, it's this intensive uh, stare that we were just going through. There is these moments that he's sort of hearing other things that, that that is pulling his focus. But really, it's about as you said, when the kids come and say to you, "Did you believe me?" This is what he's he's doing, and this is going to be part of how he begins these media interviews. It doesn't stay like that because he he does develop uh, different ways of doing it. But right now, he is focused, and this interviewer, this. Uh, this reporter needs to know exactly what what's he's saying is the truth. And, and it's interesting. His focus is pulled. He's just mentioned the canine units there. <laughs> is that why his focus might be pulled all of a sudden? Well, just a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> he hears them barking and, like, um, he was terrified that, that the canine units were, were coming because they can actually smell a dead body regardless if it's been, like, straight away or... 12 years afterwards. So um, they are really good at what they do. So when they bark, 
that means that they've found something and he just goes instantly, oh, God, what, what was that? So it's interesting that he is listening and is aware of what's going on around him while he's, he's trying to be this focused person who's, as you can see, very devastated that his wife and children have disappeared. Well, yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, because the reporter picks up on his distraction and when he's asked about it, what's his reaction is very telling. What happened? She came home from the airport 2 a.m. and I left around 5.15. <laughs> he paused, didn't he, Amanda, because he wasn't expecting that question from the reporter. No, he wasn't. And, and that's the most amazing part because then we see the, the, the lips being licked. We, we mm. see that slight backwards and forwards rock that we know that he, he does when he's, he's feeling pressured. So the fact that the dogs are barking, he knows that there could be something that he has missed because let's face it, he didn't think it, it, this was going to be discovered so quickly. He assumed that he was going to go home that night, clean up all the evidence, get rid of her rings and her purse and her laptop and all of that. But Nicole was onto, onto um, her, her friend not being around very very quickly so the fact that uh this is unfolding quicker than he had hoped he's now worried what else he may have missed because he hasn't had that chance to do that once over he's walked straight into the lion's den so now as things Mm. um increase you know like uh the fbi needs to get involved and all of that because of of two children have disappeared and the possibility of a stranger case they need to actually be involved so he is panicking that there's all these people around here and here he is being on camera trying to be this devoted and sad husband but he just can't do it he's he's trying but he's in so much fight or flight that he is panicking it's an interesting thing is this the big mistake killers make when they will go in front of the cameras because we see this time and time again especially involving family cases where the parents will go and do the fake tears and 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 Mm -hmm. talk in front of cameras is why do they do that and surely it's a mistake for them to do that well, if they don't do it, often more questions are asked. And so there's things like the William Tyrrell case. They said, well, the, the birth parents and the foster parents didn't get up and speak. And so, you know, what are they hiding? So yeah. to not do it means that you're hiding something. To do it, we can see what you're hiding in, in plain sight. So it's sort of, it's 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 a lose-lose situation. But like not talking to the police, talking to reporters is also something that you really shouldn't do. You should have a spokesperson who can stand up there. Like you should have said, oh, Nicole, can you do this i'm too devastated to do this you know that's something that you can do to get around it because they know that they can pull you in front of a camera like seth gonzalez um who who killed his family many decades ago now he cried on camera and they filmed him at at the cemetery and all of this so then when he he was arrested they go da-da there's our killer crying over their bodies this proves that he's a psychopath and things like that so um he's he's doing what he thinks is, is right because they do make these mistakes they think that they can't not do it but they realize that if they do do it yeah it's a lose-lose situation uh let's go back to how watts is responding to this interview because he's using some very odd word choices she's still here and like about 12 10 and that afternoon her friend nicole showed up at the door like i had texted shanann a few times that day called her say you know but she never got back to me but she wasn't getting back to any of her people as well and that's what really concerned a lot of people is like she's not getting back to her like she doesn't get back to me that's fine like she gets busy during the day but she can get back to her people which was very concerning and nicole called me when she was at the door and that's when i came home 
It's interesting, isn't it? He's saying people. He's not calling them friends. He's not calling mm-hmm. them, them family. And he's even saying her people. There's a real disconnect between her friends and him. Yeah, and um, some of these people are her employees in the MLM um, business that she worked for. So even if they were her em- employees, they were also her, her friends and family. So these are the people that she spoke to every single day. But as you said, he's making a distance between her and her people. So rather than saying, you know, her best friend, you know, her, her parents, it's none of that. It's all about her people and so he's making them seem as a distant threat basically so you know stop looking at me and look at her people because I don't know who they are but they but they could be the people who did this to her you know people who did this to her and it's also interesting those dogs are going berserk in the background that's going to be distracting him too it certainly is and it's just wonderful to hear and you you just I know that he wants to sprint over there and see what the hell he has missed because obviously he he drove the car out and it sounds like that they're slightly up the street which is where he parked the car that afternoon after after he had dumped them so um I think the dogs were were picking up on that scent very very easily Mm. and what's then recaps what we've already seen in the body cam footage and then walked in the house and nothing was vanished. Nothing was here. I mean, she wasn't She wasn't here. The kids weren't here. No, nobody was here. What's your wife's name? Shanann. S-H-A-N-A-N-N. What's your, what's your kids? Bella and Celeste. Celeste. Uh, C-E-L-E-S-T-E. Four, Bella's four, Celeste's three. And so how many times did you try calling her? I called her three times, texted her about three times, just to say, you know, what's going on. Like I did, I could after that for the after I called her and texted her once, it's like, like, maybe she was just busy. Like it, she'd just gotten back, you know. Like everybody's probably calling her from her trip. She just got back from Arizona, and I figured just yeah, she was just busy. But when her friend showed up, that's what it was like. It it registered like, all right, this isn't right. Now. When we saw the body cam footage, he wasn't talking a lot because he was obviously trying to get across the situation. Here he's in his element, though. He gets to tell the narrative, and he really does seem like one cool cucumber, I have to say, Amanda. Yeah, but we're still seeing so many different cues that are the massive warning signs and the fact that the cameraman has zoomed right in on his face was like a gift from god if i believed in one um he's he's licking his lips he's he's tensing his jaw he's doing all of these sorts of of stress responses you know but he's knowing what he needs to say and so he's you know getting the names right he's getting the the ages correct in like who's who i know that most people would, would do that and it's not a telltale sign but he's like you know i'm i'm the dotted dad because i know this you know but the fact that he says this isn't right instead of something's gone wrong or oh my god you know i'm panicked it's like you know when when she didn't respond to her her people and to nicole you know i knew that something wasn't right it's just again it's it's making him not want people to think that something bad has happened, that she's just sort of gone away to a friend's house, like he, he keeps saying. He doesn't want to say, I think someone's killed her, because mm. it's, it's, it's a leap to make, and the, but the police want him, him to say that, but he doesn't. Okay. Well, the reporter then asks Watts' theory on what might have happened. Do you think she just took off? Do you think? I, I mean, right now I don't even want to just, like, throw anything out there, like, I hope that she's somewhere safe right now and with the kids. 
but I mean, could she event? Could she just taken off? I don't know. But if somebody has her and they're not safe, like I want them back now. Was it my imagination, or did he smile at that? And it wasn't a small smile either. No, that was certainly a Cheshire grin that we saw there. So he was, you know, happy that, oh, I think they've just run away. So basically go away. They're not here. Mm. Stop stop those dogs because, as we can hear, those dogs are still barking. So um, he's, he's sort of relieved saying, oh, that, that they're, they're gone. They're not coming back, but he's not saying this. But he's, he's still got that rocking going on and he's trying to um, say, you know, no, this is just a simple, they've taken off, she wants to cool down. But he's not saying the reasons why yet. So he hasn't said, oh, because that morning at 4am when she'd had an hour of sleep, I, I demanded a, a divorce then and there. He's not going to say that just yet. He, he, he does get to there. But it's amazing that he's not saying that part. So he's making this jump to say that she's taken off with the kids to, to calm down. So the reporter hasn't sort of keyed into, well, why did that happen? So we have to mm. get to that. But um, he just wants people to go away. He Like, um, I would be... Uh, not had had this not played out so quickly he might have said oh i got a phone call from her she's fine go away that's what he may have done next to sort of uh extend and and delay uh any sort of police investigation but good on nicole um was in there very very quickly Mm. It's interesting you use that term Cheshire Cat Grin because he continues with that grin while he's telling his fairy tale scenarios have a look at this like that that that's what's in my head like if they're safe right now they're going to come back but if they're not safe right now that's what that's the not knowing part like if they're not safe last night i was had every light in the house on i was hoping that i would just get just ran over by the kids running in the door and just like barrel rushing me but it didn't happen and it was just a traumatic night trying to be here we've just I want to go back and pull up a graphic and, and show a freeze frame of that final shot. Those on the video stream will see what we're about to talk about. But for those who are listening, What's-His-Face is not a man whose wife, and not forget, let's not forget she's pregnant and their two children are missing. But there's no emotion there. Or if I was to pick an emotion, I'd say a smirk, happiness. Yeah, well, you're pretty close to the mark there. As as we can see on the screen, um, he actually has a crease on the left side of his face, which is an, an upward turn of his, his mouth, which does suggest a, a smirk, as, as you said. But his jaw is slightly relaxed, so he's he's not worried at this this exact moment and his eyes are in that full stare so so they aren't sort of slightly closed they aren't wide open it's just this very in, intense moment his um his forehead is very very smooth for his age so i don't know if there's botox there because he does talk about his his work regime and uh, sorry his workout regime and his protein shakes and his walks and all of that so i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he had Botox. But, yeah, this, you know, this mouth is saying, you know, I'm glad that this interview's over, but, you know, I know what I've, I've done and you guys are taking it all in hook, line and sinker and that's where the smirk comes into it. Yeah, it's, it's the look of I'm, I'm getting away with it. But look what happens when the reporter decides to push. I'm going to ask some kind of tough questions. So we have an infamous Amanda Howard two-second grab. And, Amanda, 
I think I can see why. Let's have a look at a freeze frame from that moment. <laughs> uh, yep, that's that's what I wanted. See, so we have closed eyes. We have the swallowing of, of the lip. So that cool cucumber has disappeared. So we have a terrified person now who just realises that all of his stories he's just told to this reporter are now being ignored because this reporter is going to go in hard. And so, yeah, the swallowing of, of the lips is someone attempting to uh, prevent themselves from speaking. The closed eyes is an attempt to distance someone from... Uh, what is currently happening we can't see his hands but I know that, that that he has his arms crossed so it's amazing that all these cues line up for someone who's, who's basically gone from cool cucumber to terrified little uh, bunny in the corner it's interesting you say that because if we look at the earlier graphic we had that was the look of relief, like he thought the interview was over. And then if we go to the new one where he finds out, oh, you're going to ask more questions. Oh, shit. Exactly. And look, and even, even his neck there was completely tensed up. So he had gone from relaxed, uh, cool and, and calm and collected to holy hell, um, this is about to get harder. I'm no longer going to be the grieving person. This is the footage that they want to get for when I get caught. That graphic so, um, tells yes, a story. This is why we like to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah, that... And I spend a lot of time doing freeze frames. Like <laughs> well, you can do that here on the video version of the podcast. I and, can, and, I can. <laughs> and that's actually a good point because if you do want to see these videos, there are two ways to do that. You can go to patreon.com slash confessions. And if you're on the $25 tier, you actually get these videos included as part of that package. But there are a range of benefits depending on the tier that you take out ranging from $5 a month to $50 a month and that's in US dollars or you can go to mwm.uscreen.io and you can pay for the videos directly you can take out a $15 monthly subscription and that gets you all the videos not just the ones coming out now all the videos from the back catalogue and any bonuses or you can buy individual episodes for $5 a month Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, Manda. Now the reporter begins to ask his questions. Relationship with the kids. I mean, yeah, my kids are my life. I mean, those those smiles light up my life. And it's like, I mean, last night, like during like at, you know when they usually eat dinner, it was just like I miss them. Like, I mean, I miss telling them, hey, you got to eat that, or you're not going to get your dessert. You know, and just like you're not going to get your snack after. I miss that. Like, I miss them. You know, cuddle up on their couches. They have like a Minnie Mouse couch and a Sophia couch that they cuddle up on and watch, you know, Bubble Guppies or something. And it was just like, you know, I, I, I was, it was tearing me apart last night, and I needed that. I needed that last night, and for that, for nobody to be here last night and to go into their rooms and not and know that I wasn't going to turn the rain machines on. I know that I wasn't going to turn their monitor on. No, I wasn't going to kiss them to bed tonight. It was, it, it was, I, I, that's why last night was just horrible. I couldn't do it. 
You know, I think one of the biggest giveaways there is it's all about him. I needed it last night. I needed a hug. You know, we've examined some pretty cold people, but this guy, he's literally laughing on another level as he describes how amazing he is as a father, uh, listing all the things he does for his daughters. And to me, this isn't about them. This is about him trying to show that he's an amazing father. But secondly, it's about what he needed from them. They're not there. Yes, I may have killed them, but they've let me down because I can't give them a hug. Yeah, I don't think I need to say anything, Robert. That was perfect. So um, you were doing so, so well. Exactly. I mean, people do, do laugh and joke when they do reminisce, you know, and it does bring a smile. And that could have been genuine happiness about what happened. But as you said, this is about what they were providing him. It's mm. not about, you know, um, how, how wonderful the kids are and they're looking forward to this or doing that. It's about, you know, that I did this and made sure that they were doing that and everything. But there is a little slip up there. Can we just uh, just do that last bit just one more time? Sure. I know that I wasn't going to turn their monitor on. No, I wasn't going to kiss them to bed tonight. It was... Okay, so what are you, what are you seeing there? Okay, so this is the next day. So these are missing persons. And he just said, and I'm not going to be doing that tonight. He knows they're not coming back tonight uh -huh. either. Oopsie. Hang on. Very good point. Sorry, Amanda, can you play that again? I know that I wasn't going to turn their monitor on. No, I wasn't going to kiss them to bed tonight. It was... Wow. You picked it. <laughs> This is these are my gotcha moments and there is the gotcha moment. He's not yeah. doing it tonight, not last night. This is the next day because the the uploads and everything has has the timestamp and everything. This is the next day when the dogs are there and everything. And yeah, tonight he's not going to kiss them. You're not coming home tonight. I shouldn't be happy about that. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be happy about it. I'm happy that he messed up. But, oh, yeah, and that's yeah, what we do get happy chills. about. We get happy that he, that people like this don't get away with it. You know, he, this guy obviously thought he could get away with it. He then got thrown because Nicole started the investigation almost instantaneously. I mean, this wasn't 24, 48 hours later, which he probably would have expected. This was the morning of the night he brutally killed his wife and children. But... He continues with his shallow plea. I just want, I want everybody to just come home. Like, wherever they're at, come home. That's what I want. And we, of course, know that that is bullshit. <laughs> There's no other way to put it, you know, but I'm glad that he, he wants them to, to be alive. You know, it's just, it's just nice to know that he, he wants that. But he is just... Um, completely devoid now because he is in survival mode that you know the fight or flight mm. and you know so he realizes that he made a mistake there by saying tonight the reporter didn't pick up on it um but i get to watch these you know 400 times through to <laughs> just sort of say is that what i heard um but yeah he's he's he, he thinks he might be getting away with it but he knows he's not too sure mm. well then the toughest part of the interview comes the awkward silence
Okay. For people who couldn't see that, he's <laughs> literally just there. Uh, he's rocking again, Amanda. He's rocking again. His arms are uh, crossed in front of him. His eyes are blinking rapidly and he's sucking his lips in again. This is someone who has a lot to say but knows none of it can come out of his, his mouth. He is at the point, this is this is sometimes the point that a, a proper detective who, who does this sort of interrogation well will realise that this is the moment that it could go either way that he could just blurt it out because it's it's that painful to to hold it in or they go into self-preservation. So he's just holding it in. He really knows that with the dogs barking, he knows that they've they've likely found something. There's tons of police. The FBI are there and this reporter is, is asking about his children and he is at that final moment that could end up being a confession, but we know it doesn't. Mm. Well, the camera operator, for some reason, has stopped filming Watts, but the reporter keeps asking questions about the timeline, and we actually get a different camera angle. Where was she gone for? Um, she, was, she, she was on... Um, she came back Sunday, said it's you at night. Yeah, because her, her flight got delayed from Arizona because of, like, other storms around the, the nation. So yeah. she's supposed to get home, like, 11. She got home at, like, 148. Got in bed about 2. What was, what was she going for, like, family trip? Or like? It was a Thrive Direct Sales. Uh, it was a local event that was down there between a bunch of leaders in, in the company. And that night, that day she was back, I mean... I left, I left work for work early that morning, like 5.15, 5.30. So, like, she barely, I mean, she barely got barely got into bed pretty much. Okay, just to explain what's happened there before we get onto the content, uh, to me it looks like the cameraman has reframed. So stopped recording, the interview's over, reframing to possibly get some overlay or what the Americans call B-roll. He might, they might get him walking around, they get him in a wide shot so that they can then cut to that close-up of the interview. So at this point, he doesn't really realise he's being interviewed. This is a moment where the reporter could get something off the cuff because his guard's not up. So he's not... I'm in interview mode. So he's still playing a part here, Amanda, because he's trying to convince the reporter. So he's not going to say, oh, yeah, I killed her. But his guard's down because he, the cameraman has been reframing, moved the position to do whatever they're about to do. But like all good cameramen, is still recording without saying, I'm recording, because those are the times you can get some off-the-cuff material. Uh, now, we know that he claims he came, getting back to the content, that he came with her with details about getting a divorce. But I have to wonder, if they didn't have the neighbour's footage, would he have claimed they left that early? Absolutely not. That's that's the mm. first uh, chink in the armor that that he he realizes he now has to play that 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 story out, and we'll see it time and again as as we go through the interviews and interrogations. But um, we, we can see this self soothing self comfort that he's mm. act actually going through. As you said, it's um it's like that they're, they're trying to do some B roll, but he's hugging himself. The crossed arms and now a hug. So so his hands are open. They're not tucked in. They're actually around his arm. So so this is a self-soothing hug. He's 
pulling in his lips. He's still doing this rocking. Every time he does this rocking, this is when he's at one of his weakest moments. And this is something that would be important had they uh, did an interrogation with him standing up. This would have helped, but of course they don't, um, mm. that they sit down in interrogations, which we will see. But, you know, we, we have him doing all of this self-soothing, but as you said, he doesn't think he's, he's being recorded. So he's sort of letting him, himself calm a bit with these self-soothing moments, but he is still terrified. Yeah. Well, the reporter continues, and Watts is trying to remain pretty cool. Yeah, this might be a tough question, but did, did you guys get into an argument before she left? It wasn't. It wasn't like an argument. We had an emotional conversation, but I'll leave it at that. But it's. I just want them back. <laughs> I just. I just want them to come back, and if. If they're not safe right now, that's what's. That's what's tearing me apart because. If they are safe, they're coming back. But if they're not, this 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 has got to stop. Like somebody has to come forward. That's interesting. He he hasn't got any grief, but he's like, this has to stop. Is that almost like a plea for the police? <laughs> oh, Robert, I don't think you need me anymore. Yeah. This is exactly what it is. This is this is him uh, actually saying, as you said, he's he's verbalizing what he needs, but using it in a different context. He wants this to all go away. Mm. You know, we have these moments that sometimes that we have to either face the music or keep up the charade, and um, he is saying that he really doesn't want to face the music, but it's not stopping. He thought that this would go a whole lot different. He should have watched a couple of CSIs or something. He, he this, he, he should have spoken to Scott Peterson or, or someone before he, he decided to do this because these guys rarely get away with it. And so mm. he is, you know, just laughing and joking about that. He wants them back. He, this has to stop, you know, these are your two young daughters and your pregnant wife, regardless of, of how he's feeling about his wife and, and them talking about a divorce and having an emotional conversation, as, as he calls it. Um, he's actually a child killer, and that sort of negates sort of any of the love and care that he, he shows his family because we know what he did but at the same time he wants this to stop because he didn't want it to start he wanted to have them mm. disappear maybe be an unsolved case or you know some serial killer gets blamed for it when they die in prison you know there's all these sorts of weird and wonderful things that they want to happen but it's just going this is a snowball and this is just rolling down that hill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the fact that the reporter knows about the divorce conversation and so asks that that has thrown him again and this is why he wants it to stop well he once again manages to make it all about him you spoken about her family like her parents yeah I've, they've been in constant contact like every hour i mean it's i mean everybody back in north carolina and the east coast I mean, from Maine to Florida. What is her parents saying to you? Like, no, just like, like if they need to get on a flight, just let them know. Because I mean, they don't, they they feel helpless right now because they they're on the opposite side of the country. I mean, this Colorado is. I mean, you can't just drive around and look. I mean, it's just like you wouldn't really know what you're looking for. That's what the cops pretty much told me. That, that first day, I was like, I want to get out and drive around. This, you wouldn't know what to look for. Uh, not know what to look for, so not to look for his wife and daughters. You know, we heard in the last video that they said to him to get out there and look, but now he claims they told him not to look. 
yeah, he's he's falling into his own lies now. So he believes that he's doing all that he can, which is doing nothing. So yeah. um, because he could make a move because no doubt he doesn't know that while he's talking to this uh, reporter or moving to the bathroom to go to the toilet or, or something, that they have probably low-jacked his car already. So had he has he decided to go somewhere they would have checked that and you know that they would see where he's going what phone calls he he makes and all that sort of stuff so um he just thinks that he needs to sit home and do nothing you know but the police said literally go out there and do what you can ring everyone you know check hospitals check hotels you know check with friends ask them to do people get her to call the police and and tell us that that she's okay that she's just taken off they said to do everything he possibly can and you know he's like no no i have to sit here and do nothing Hmm. well the reporter wants more information and asks where the investigation is currently at um last couple questions uh what is what is law enforcement what have the police or the sheriffs or your neighbors is anybody what is what's, what's police saying to you right now this is what they're doing right now is with the canine in the sense i think this is the biggest thing this is the biggest thing they've done so far because yesterday they all the federal police department did all the searching of the house and try to gather whatever information they could and with the detectives officers and sergeants and today it's i mean obviously with all the activity that's around it's 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 there's a lot going on around here, and I really hope that all this can lead to something positive. There's a bit of a shift there in his demeanour, isn't there? There is. He's now stuttering. He's falling over his words. He's uh, not wanting to talk about the investigation. So that's an in- interesting point too. So he's uh, picking up the hive of activity. All he wants to do is go and see what those dogs are barking at. He mm. wants to be focused on what they're looking for. You know, basically he, he would be doing an internal hot or cold game. You know, oh, well, they're looking over there. I know there's nothing there. Or, gee, they're, you know, at, at the garage door. I really don't want them there. So there's all of these things that he, he would want to be doing but instead he has to stand here and be this dutiful husband but there is no emotion for his family and he really is now at a place because this this reporter is asking questions that he didn't think they would ask he thought he was going to get on camera and go please bring my family back but it's not they're asking the these tougher questions and yeah as, as you said a shift has now happened because it's getting tough and he doesn't realize that this is only the first of many interviews he's going to do Mm. Well, the interview ends with the reporter asking, what would you say to your wife and kids? And Amanda, I know you love these responses. What did uh, your neighbours, did they see anything? No, like we've, we've uh, the, the police department went door to door asking like cameras and everything, just like nothing. And my last question, if you have any of them, feel free to step in. My last question, if your wife can see this, if she, if she can watch these, what would, you, what would you like to tell your wife and your kids? Shannon, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just, just just come back. Like, if somebody has her, just please bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete with without anybody here. Please bring her back. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I can take that mic off you. <laughs> Jesus, Blind Freddy and Dickhead Derek could see the bullshit in all of that. 
Yeah, so we've got all those movements again happening. We have the rocking from side to side. We have the swallowed lips. We have the slow blinking now, especially when he talks about his wife. He, he doesn't want to even mention her, uh, but he realizes the kids were the big issue. So um, he is using the, the wrong words. He, he said something that he was doing something, then corrected himself to say that the police were doing it because he wasn't. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't expecting that. He thought this was going, going to be the only thing that he had to do. But um, now, because he knows what else they've spoken about that, he knows about the divorce talk, he knows a, a, about uh, the time that he left to go to work and all of that. He sort of had to play it differently to his plea. But as you can see, there's still no emotion. And it's not just him being stoic. This is about him in self-preservation mode. Mm. All right. We turn to the next to the raw footage from a Nine News report. It appears to begin mid-sentence. Now, this is actually from the day before he's arrested, so we know that it was already on him by this point. And as we see in this interview, he's taking charge, but it's not from cockiness anymore. Take a look and a listen. The most important thing, like, I'm not sure. I'm, I'll just wait for you to ask questions, but, like, it's... I want, I want them wherever they're at. Like I have no inclination to where they're at right now. Like I've exhausted like every friend that I know of, and every friend that I have has called friends that Shanann has that maybe I didn't know about. And it's just like there's, it's like it's vanished. Like she's not. Like when I got home yesterday, it was like a ghost town. Like she wasn't here. Kids weren't here. So I have no idea like where they went. And it doesn't, it's just earth shattering. I don't feel like this is even real right now. It's like a nightmare that I just can't wake up from. Wow, that was rapid fire. Yeah, so this is a couple of days later. So he has done a whole stack of, of, of these sorts of interviews and he's starting now, he's going in first. It, like he literally says, oh, no, I should, I should wait and answer your questions. But he's now in defence mode. So he is going out to put his story out there before the reporter tries to throw him in the curveballs that he's had the last couple of days. So he is directing to camera. He is answering and filling gaps. He's doing everything that he thinks he needs to to sort of get that grieving father part out of the road saying yeah I want them back the house is isn't the same without them and you know the the, the reporter's probably st still putting his earpiece in and things like that but he is just going bang 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 so uh, thankfully the cameraman was already on it mm. well the journalist then asks finally gets to ask a question and Amanda you want us to listen to those very first few seconds of Watts's response Chris when did you learn that they got there and they were here I guess well. he really tripped up there, didn't he? <laughs> he did, and as someone who has a stutter, I very much listen for cues like that, and I hear my own the whole time. And you all remind me of when I do them. But uh, it's something that is in an innate response. So he was going to say about five different things at once. So it was all these broken syllables that sort of mashed together. Um, and his innate response was to tell a lie. And then he realized that he needed to stop himself and regroup and go again. So it's just interesting mm. that he had about five different things he was going to say and it just become a, a garbled mess. Okay. Well, let's see how he does respond. Chris, when did you learn that they got there and they were here? I guess, well, I'd text her a few times and called her. I didn't get a response, which that was a little off. 
and then her friend Nicole showed up about a little afternoon I could see on the doorbell camera and I was like hey what's going on she's like, I can't get a hold of Shanann and that's when I was just like all right something's not right if she's not answering the door and she said the car was here it's like I gotta go home and we got here got inside and not, nobody was here not nothing well, he's sticking to his story after that hiccup, but there is more going on here, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There was almost an eye roll at, at when he spoke about Nicole contacting him and being at, at the front door. So uh, that is sort of a, a, an element of contempt. So he was like, you know, had, had she not turned up, this wouldn't have been going along so quickly and I might have just been the grieving father rather than the you know, number one suspect that he basically was from day one, you know, but it's, it's quite interesting though, because a lot of people watch these interviews and like Scott Peterson, uh, because the man is attractive, they believe he's innocent because of his good looks. And it's interesting Mm. that this sort of happens like, you know, there's the Ted Bundy whole thing and there's even a song that that says the Ted Bundy's ugly which I I think is great um but it it does happen that these these more attractive men and then we find out that they have um affairs and and things like that they think that they can do anything they want and he is um he's contemptible because he believes that Nicole has outsmarted him and he's not impressed okay well the reporter then asks about the movements of Shanann and the girls and so I read that Shanann hadn't taken girls to school, which was unusual. Yeah, because like Bella was going to start kindergarten next next Monday, and they they were just getting ready to start start back again. And so, yeah, he's doing that lip tucking again when he's talking about Shanann, isn't he? He is, and there is another stutter that's now happening too. So he's doing a repeat of syllables. So every time I think he said school, he went school, school, and he did that a couple of times. So he is trying to keep everything straight, but uh, he knows the heat is on. He knows that any wrong word now is going to basically hang him. And so he is trying to be corrected because he knows that there are people that are out there analysing uh, these clips like we are and they were doing it in, in like live time. So it's he, he knows the manipulation that was happening and people were saying this and people were saying that. They were, a lot were saying, oh, no, he looks beautiful. Of course he, he, he didn't do this. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's attractive and his wife was beautiful and, and the girls were gorgeous and they were pregnant. You know, it can't possibly be. But these are the guys that do it more so than, than the ugly guys. But that, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get complacent about that i can see that coming now um but yeah so so it's interesting but you know he just he is in so much stress that we're seeing these additional stuttering that lip tucking in that he does is his moments where he he wants to say you know stop the world i want to get off well look the reporter then asks about nicole's role in all of this and let's face it she solved this case before the cops even began and so what kind of, so you, your friend Nicole kind of tipped you off with something? Yeah, because, like, she was here at the front door, and that's when I kind of knew, okay, like, if she's not answering anybody else either, this, is, this isn't like her, because, I mean, she, she works at direct sales business, and that's her, that, that's what she does. And for her not to respond to any of her people. Oh, he's heading down a rabbit hole here, and he's doing that double speak, her people. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, and he doesn't know where to stop. And he goes a little bit further than he probably should have. You know, but but before we, we get in, into that, that a bit further, you know, guys, that I have rules about things like this. So, number one, we don't talk to police. We're without a lawyer. Um, as I said on Facebook the other day, go and buy your shovel and your plastic wrap and everything now. So, when you do need it, you're not going to get caught on camera <laughs> and Bunnings buying you with your shovel. But three, don't do media in, interviews. As, as we said earlier in this episode get a representative of the family like they should, he should have put nicole up front and center and and played the, the role of grieving father that would have gone better for him than him doing all of this talking because you know the things like oh and and they're not coming home tonight either it's things that he's saying that uh are going to get in court, whereas Nicole has no reason to have a lie. She would just say, you know, I'm worried. You know, I've spoken to Chris, I've spoken to her her family, and no one knows where she is, and she would have done a better thing and would have helped his case, believe it or not. But, um, no, he had to be there up front and centre, and he just realises how tough it is. Mm. Well, let's continue and see where Watts goes. That I mean, if she doesn't respond to me, that's fine. I mean, like, she's busy, she's got stuff going on. But not to respond to her people, though, that was that was not like her. Now, why would he add that in? Because he wants it to sound like that he's the poor husband, you know. Yeah, she didn't she didn't respond to me, you know, like I'm I was doting and I was wondering where she was and I was I, I was concerned, um, you know, but the fact that she also didn't talk to her work colleagues, well, you know, that's that's the scary part. So he, he's playing the, the underling here. He, he's, he's trying to be the person who is worried from his, his wife and children from the very first second that he was contacting her, but mm. she was refusing to contact back. So that's he's, he's sort of demonising her a, a bit, you know, that, oh, you know, wait, she, she was upset with me, so I decided to, you know, give her, her space. But I did ring her to see if she was okay, and she refused to answer me even though I was trying to reach out. Gotcha. Well, as the reporter keeps asking questions, Watts keeps digging himself a deeper and deeper hole. Chris, you've got a beautiful family, you know, and it looks like you all love each other very much. What went through your mind the minute kind of you're like something's wrong? It's like I, I was trying to get home as fast as I can. I was blowing through stoplights. I was blowing through everything just trying to get home as fast as I can because none of this made sense. <laughs> fucking liar. That's all I have to say to him there, that he rushed home. It took him actually longer than it normally does because he was off dumping stuff before he got home because he knew that he was going into heat straight up. So, yeah, bullshit. (laughs) Look, say how you really feel. (laughs) I, I, I love how that's the thing that gets you, not the fact he's lying about killing his wife and kids, but he lied about the time it took him. But anyway, Yeah, but, you know, like the way he laughed about it, you know, like it's, yeah, you are a liar and that is a lie. There is the moment. And Nicole even said that he should have been here by now, you know, like, oh, I love this girl. I want her to be my my best friend in case I go missing. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's absolutely right because Nicole is the one who has brought this all together. But, look, he continues with his charade during the interview, as you would expect. Like, if she wasn't here, like, where did she go? Like, once I got here, it was like, all right, who can I call? Who do I know that she could be with right now? If she went to a friend's house, where could she be staying? And we went through everybody. I mean, just everything in my, in my contact list and her, her friend's contact list and 
nothing has come up. Everybody has said like they haven't heard from her either. I'm just hoping right now that she's somewhere safe and maybe she's just, she's there. But right now it's just like, if she's vanished, like I want her back so bad. I want those kids back so bad. I'm not sure what to make of that. He's smiling there, but is it more like a grimace than a smile? Uh, and I, and is that a smile sort of filled with regret, wishing now he hadn't or shouldn't have murdered his ch- wife and children? Well, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I think what we're seeing is that he does want him back now. He honestly does because this is getting way too hot and he did not count on, on Nicole, and I will continue to say that. Um, but he is like he, he really, if he could go back, he would do this a lot differently and uh, he would make sure that he cleaned up before um, n- Nicole knew what was going on. So um, I I really do, real, he realises what's about to happen. He knows that he's going to go to jail for the, for the rest of his life and he wants to take it all back. But, mate, you, you killed your pregnant wife and, and your two toddler daughters. Like, um, you deserve everything hell's got coming for you. But he mm. now realises that it was a big mistake and he wasn't as clever as he thought he was. Yeah. Well, the reporter then asked what can only be described as the, and please pardon the pun, the killer question. You know, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the hard part. Your first thought is, where are they? I want them back. Your second thought is, you know, your, your friends are telling us and, and we kind of hurt you a little phone. You're also, your second thought is that you're afraid people think you may have done something. Yeah, I mean, nothing, not, everybody's going to have their own opinion on, on anything like this. I just want them people to know that I want my family back. Like, I want them safe and I want them here. Like, this house is not the same. You know, Amanda, that smile is still there, but that stutter got a whole lot worse. <laughs> it certainly did. And he is one of those people like I am that when you're pressured or excited or, or, or nervous, it actually gets worse. So this is why people shouldn't talk to me the week before Christmas is because I can barely <laughs> speak because of my excitement. But what we're seeing here is that he knows that he's going to death row. He knows that uh, this is all about to come down really, really hard on him. And he has been through the dog uh, searches a couple of days before. He's uh, been to the police to be interviewed for the first time, which we're going to see in the next episode. And there's all these things happening and he is just to a point he has he has depersonalized them. He wants them back. He doesn't he, he doesn't say Shanann's name at all. He rarely says the girls' names. So mm. he is trying to um trying to keep the charade going, but it's certainly not occurring. And uh he's basically got a one-way ticket. Mm. Well, next week we will start going through Chris Watts's police interview. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns as we continue this season of Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. Amanda, seriously, I think we need to take a moment before we finish up and say thank you for the insight you bring each and every week. You've done 30 years of research on all of this. You've been studying, you've got your degrees, and seriously, the insight you bring is second to none. So thank you very much. Thank you. I love doing this. So, yeah, it's, it's second nature to me, but it also means it's very hard to have friends because I, I know what, when you're lying. <laughs> so, but it, it is what I love. It is something that I love, love, love to do. So um, I'm glad that uh, you all come along for the ride. Indeed. And we will see you next week on Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions, as we continue our psychological profile on Chris Watts. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.